This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Amy Dunphy. Now, overnight, the news broke here and last night in the United States that Donald Trump has been indicted on charges of mishandling classified documents at his Florida estate, Mar-a-Lago. This is a remarkable development and makes him the first former president in the United States history to face criminal charges by the federal government that he once oversaw. It's a remarkable escalation, if you like, of the legal troubles that Donald Trump has been in and continues to face. And there are, of course, more to come. We're joined now by Niall Stanich, Associate Editor of The Hill and The Hill's White House columnist, to talk about this development. Niall, thank you very much for joining us. Pleasure. This, by any standards, is a sensational. It's a criminal charge. He's expected to be in court. I think it's on Tuesday. And the charge is very serious. How serious is it? And how difficult will Trump find it facing it? So it is serious. We are speaking on Friday morning US time. And at this point, there hasn't been the actual indictment released by the Department of Justice. But we know both from Trump's own postings on Truth Social, his preferred social network these days, and from other reporting, we know the contours of this case. It is thought to be that the former president will face seven charges. And uh, one of his lawyers was actually uh, on TV on Thursday night talking about the nature of those charges, believing that one, for example, is likely to pertain to obstruction. Um, The Espionage Act is the uh, statute that pertains to the documents themselves. Notably, it doesn't rest upon them actually being officially classified, just rests on them being uh, potentially harmful to the US or or, uh, helpful to its adversaries. And there's also the additional um, possibility of some other uh, charges regarding making false statements. All of these charges are serious. I mean, obstruction of justice where someone to be convicted of it and receive the maximum sentence is a 20-year prison sentence. Uh, Now, we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves. We'll see what the exact charges are. We'll see what Mr. Trump's team's defense against them is. But this is clearly a serious matter. And I think we should emphasize, Eamon, a more serious matter than the previous charges filed in New York court about falsification of business records. Yes. And what significance do you read into the fact that he is going to be charged 
in Florida, which mm. is where he lives and has lived for a very long time, 25, 30 years in Mar-a-Lago, which is his luxurious estate there. Many people feel that in Florida, it will be hard to find a jury willing to convict him. That, of course, is just speculation. But Jack Smith and the Department of Justice have decided that's where he will stand trial. Yes, that's right. It's an interesting point because there was a grand jury in Washington, D.C. and a grand jury in Florida. And you're quite right. He has, Trump himself has said, he'll be appearing in court in Miami on Tuesday. My read on that is that it is prosecutors deciding not to get involved in a longer fight to try to try him in D.C. when that fight could actually slow the wheels of justice. There isn't really any significant doubt that this case can be heard in Florida. There's some doubt about whether it could have been heard in Washington, D.C., because clearly the crimes, if they were committed, uh, would be in and around Mar-a-Lago. So it's a Florida venue. Obviously, Florida has jurisdiction on that basis. You could have made a more uh, abstract legal argument about why it should be held in D.C. regarding the information itself and so forth. In the District of Columbia, you would typically get a more Trump-hostile voting or or juror pool. Yes. Um, But obviously, they've decided not to do that and decided to go straight into Florida to deprive Trump of that avenue of uh, legal resistance, I would say. Yes, and it's worth pointing out or questioning the charge because we know that when Joe Biden was Barack Obama's vice president, he took classified documents to his home. As recently as last year, Mike Pence, Trump's vice president, was also found to have documents. Is it possible to say, Niall, what makes Trump different to others who are said to have taken either presidents or vice presidents' documents away from the White House because they do belong to the administration and to the White House after they've left office? It is possible to say why those things are different, and the difference is fairly straightforward. In the case of Pence and in the case of Biden, as soon as those documents were discovered, they were turned over to the relevant authorities. The key difference in Trump's case is the suggestion of obstruction. To make a very long story short, soon after he left office, the National Archives here, believing that he had some documents that he shouldn't have, made an effort to get those back. That effort took well over a year. In one instance, it had already escalated to the point in May of last year where the Department of Justice had obtained a subpoena to get those documents back. The Trump team said that they had complied with that subpoena um, in turning over documents in June of last year, and yet there was still sufficient evidence for the FBI to obtain a search warrant when the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago in August. They found more than 100 additional documents with classified markings. So the difference is the suggestion or allegation of willful obstruction in Trump's case. Yes, and the interesting point about this is that there was an infamous now CNN town hall interview with Trump during which he was asked about 
these documents, and he expressed the view that he, as a president or former president, could declassify them himself mm. and that he could declassify them in his own mind just by thinking, mm. I'm declassifying these now. This was before a pro-Trump audience, which has caused trouble for CNN that we might get onto later, Niall. But during the conversation with Caitlin Collins, the interviewee, the interviewer, he said that he told the people he was showing these documents to that they were classified, therefore he couldn't show them the documents. So in saying that, and they have that on tape, he undercut the argument he has made elsewhere, everywhere else, that he could do it in an instant just by thinking about it. Yeah, just to keep this clear, because I, I, I would imagine for listeners who aren't following every twist and turn of this, yes. it, it can get kind of complicated. Trump has in the past argued that by simply thinking that a uh, document was declassified, it was then declassified. That is an argument that has notably not been made by his lawyers in any legal filing. It appears to be a claim on his part that is made for sort of PR purposes or political purposes. Yes. Um, but nonetheless, it is true that presidents have quite broad declassification power. There is a, a separate conversation which, as you say, undercuts that argument. And this is a, a conversation that has been reported by the media. It pertained to a tape-recorded conversation where Trump was talking to people who were planning a book on his former chief of staff, Mark Meadows. In that conversation, Trump reportedly, and, and the, the recording is not public yet, although prosecutors are said to have it, but Trump is said to have told people that a particular version of events that he believed would be supported if he could show them a particular document. And then, as you rightly said, he went on to say he couldn't show them that document uh, because it was classified or, or it, it would, could not be revealed. That clearly indicates, indicates, if that's true, that Trump understood that these documents were classified and that he did not, in fact, have the power or, or some... A sort of set process by which documents were automatically declassified during his presidency. And just in passing now, that document that he was said to be holding at that time was about a war or an attack mm. on Iran. That's correct. The dispute was really with Mark Milley, the former uh, Joint yes. Chiefs of Staff chairman, and it really it was whether Milley had restrained Trump from attacking Iran or whether it was Milley who was the warmonger and Trump the restraining force. Yes. And Trump Trump argued that his that this document that he couldn't reveal would show that he was right. Yeah, and of course Milley is a highly respected soldier and was actually on television last week mm. deriding Trump's claims. The question arises now, Niall, about a trial, a criminal trial with Trump as the accused, taking place during Republican primaries mm -hmm. and how that will be managed, if it can be managed. He will, of course, and has on many occasions said this is a witch hunt. And, of course, he is a former president and the favorite to be the Republican candidate in, in 2024. He is, yes, and that will be a huge deal, given that this could land right in the middle 
of that whole process. Clearly, this is going to be politicized. It already has been um, politicized. Uh, I mean, I just want to correct myself on something I said a couple of minutes ago. I believe I said Mark Milley is the former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. He, in fact, is still in that position. So just to be clear about that. In any event, um, as far as the politics of this are concerned, the they will be very dramatic because on one hand, there has been a rallying around Trump previously when, for example, those New York charges were revealed. It is notable that a couple of his rivals for the Republican nomination have uh, expressed broadly sympathetic sentiments to Trump even in the past 24 hours. And there is a clear uh, possibility that, in fact, this uh, indictment will produce another rallying around effect. But then you have the flip side, which is, are Republicans really going to nominate a man who is under criminal indictment now in two cases? Um, And won't they think that, whether they think he's innocent or guilty, it would hamper his chances of winning a general election? And there are another two cases to come. There's the January 6th, 2021 insurrection at the Capitol, in which he may be charged. And there is the attempt to force an official in Georgia to find votes, which I think the whole world has heard the audio tape of that. It was long. The man on the other end of of it was a man called Raffensperger. I've heard it. Everyone's heard it. He spends at least 45 minutes pressurizing a state official to get the votes, find the votes to alter the election result. I mean, is, is that, first of all, I assume that Jack Smith and the Department of Justice are on that case. And secondly, that seems like a slam dunk. Uh, it does seem like a slam dunk, but your belief that Jack Smith is on it is erroneous. <laughs> Jack, <laughs> okay. Jack, One out Jack's, of two is good by my average. <laughs> 50-50 isn't bad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, Jack Smith is only looking into the Mar-a-Lago case, which right. is now bringing indictments, and January the 6th. The Georgia thing has been looked into by the district attorney there, a woman by the name of Fan Willis. That probe has been going on for a long time, and I believe and have written in the past that that seems to me the single most serious legal threat to Trump for exactly the reasons that you said. There's the recording. It is clear what is going on in the recording. It is the then sitting president of the United States in a rather um, thuggish or mafioso kind of fashion, pressurizing a official of his own party. Who voted for him or voted for him, to find exactly the number of votes required to overturn President Biden's margin of victory in that state. It seems on its face to be blatant interference with elections. And I think that is why that seems uh, such a uh, sharp dagger aimed at the former president. Now, now, all of this, of course, raises or is going to raise even more vividly questions about the state of the United States, Mm -hmm. the political environment or instability, the respect or disrespect for the law, and indeed the regard for the office of the presidency. It has enormous implications, and they're playing out in some ways as well, aren't they? I mean, we saw, for example, Rupert Murdoch's Fox 
having to pay almost $800 million to a voting machine company, Dominion, who were accused by Trump and his allies of faking the election results in 2021 and the machines weren't working and they were, all of that stuff was broadcast on Fox and it cost Rupert Murdoch a lot of money. Mm. And now CNN are in trouble. They've just dismissed their chief executive this very week Mm. for a biased recording or town hall, which was held in front of a Trump audience and was a shambles and widely regarded as laughable. He is, and the media is, damaging itself, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I I mean, the media has always grappled with how to deal with Trump. In the Fox case, I think the most interesting thing about that, uh, from a sort of, not only a journalistic point of view, but a basic sort of civic point of view, was the willingness of leading figures in Fox to simply uh, chase ratings or to try to reassure an audience. And in a way where they seem to implicitly acknowledge in some of those internal emails that the facts were irrelevant, really. It was about trying to placate Trump's audience and to hold on to Trump's audience for the sake of ratings. In these internal communications at Fox, there were negative references made to those relatively small number of journalists there who had correctly pushed back against false allegations of election fraud by Trump and his allies. Those people who were providing the basic journalistic uh, function, fact-checking, are being excoriated by their own colleagues behind the scenes for doing so. Now, the CNN case is uh, different because CNN suffered from a, a different problem, which was that in the fact, particularly the waning years of the Trump presidency, CNN, I think, was perceived to have abandoned or resiled from its previously more reliable um, position. Yeah, we spoke about this uh, on the podcast, didn't we? I mean, it's it's bias the Mm. other way. Anti-Trump was Mm. almost as, well, it was as bad from a journalistic Mm. point of view. Mm. And the thing is that the guy who has now been sacked was the guy who was trying to, in a sense, get away from that idea or or to try to correct, perhaps overcorrect, that rather sort of petty coverage of Trump that had in CNN in the closing years of his presidency. Um, the t- Trump town hall that you're referring to was part of that purportedly corrective effort. And of course, it swung far too far the other way um, and was put in front of the Trump in front of this very pro-Trump audience. And it was just a fiasco. He was trying to take CNN back to the center ground. Mm. But the point has been made this week, in fact, that what Trump has managed to do and his those who support him is remove the center ground. There is no mm. center ground, it appears. The polarization is so bitter you cannot reconcile some of the things that Trump is doing Mm. and being forgiven for with democracy. Well, that's the thing. I mean, what do you do when the front runner to be the Republican nominee as president of the United States continues to traffic in false information about the previous election? and continues to deny that he lost that election, which he did. Of course, you can push back against that. Of course, you can point out that that is false. 
um, a large, large swathe of the Republican Party's voters believe it to be true. They are incorrect in that belief, but it is such a polarized environment that is there a middle ground to say that? Or is there a middle ground, for example, to say, well, the case against Trump in New York is rather flimsy. The case against him in relation to Mar-a-Lago seems quite strong. It, as a That would seem to me to be firstly an accurate assessment and be a basic sort of function of journalism to try to present those things in as uh, objective or fair a manner as possible. But do people just really want to believe Trump is either a, a martyred hero or the devil incarnate? Possibly. Yes, and I in one piece I read The Hill, the newspaper you work for, is mentioned as being like uh, ABC, for example, mm. adhering to journalistic standards and ethics mm. and being in that centre ground. Can you feel mm. the, the, the ground shifting beneath you? Well, you're very, you're very kind to mention that. I will provide the other the, the other side of that, which is that was mentioned in a quote from someone who was saying it doesn't matter if the Hill or ABC fact right. check him because his supporters will still believe whatever they want to believe anyway. So we're fighting the good fight, but uh, whether whether there's a receptive audience for it, I mean, we you know our, our uh, fortunes are, are reasonably good, but as a broad matter, it is a uh, there is a real question, particularly where cable news is concerned, because that has been uh, traditionally a more uh, polarized form, I would say, than print journalism. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Let me ask you about the visit of the British Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, mm. to the White House yesterday. He was in the United States for a couple of days, I believe. Mm-hmm. President Biden, one stage I understand, called him President Sunak. It was decidedly frosty, I thought. The pictures we saw last night, the ha- mm. even the handshake, there was very little warmth in it, and there was no trade deal. Now, Sunak was an enthusiastic Brexiteer, mm. and one of the promises the Brexiteers made was that if they broke away from the European Union, who had failed to get a trade deal with the United States, a trade deal with the United States would be got. Now, Richie Neal, who was at the time was Democrat and very pro-Ireland and was, I think, chairman of the Ways and Means Committee when the, when the Democrats had the House, he said there won't be any, no, there'll be no trade deal until they sort out Northern Ireland and the Northern Protocol, and of course there isn't. And there's no trade deal this week either. Biden's coolness towards Sunak was remarkable. And they came up with something. The the special relationship was kind of mentioned, but they, no trade deal. But what they did get was the Atlantic Declaration. You might have been too busy to see this now. No, I mean, I I saw it was rather, I mean, it just seemed all very pro forma to me. I watched the press conference that they gave, and there were these sort of nice sentiments about the special relationship and how important they are to each other. And, uh, you know, to be fair, the UK has clearly joined in a fairly vigorous way the effort to come to the aid of, of Ukraine. But the actual specifics, particularly around the trade deal. I mean, there, there is, as you say, no trade deal. Um, Sunak was uh, called out on that during the uh, news conference that the both leaders had together. And again, to my mind at least, took refuge in sort of uh, warm and fuzzy words to disguise the fact that that promise, which has long, long been made by the British Conservative Party, has not uh, manifested itself yet and is um, unlikely to do so unless there is some way where uh, they don't feel, the Biden administration doesn't feel, that the Good Friday Agreement and the things that flowed from it are uh, in danger. Now, now, just a final thought is, occurs to me as we go through this extraordinary news from Washington about the former president facing seven criminal counts in an indictment that approaching an election year with the first Republican debate between the people seeking the nomination due in August, that this is really extraordinary by any standards, unprecedented for sure. There's a high likelihood of more criminal charges relating to Atlanta, Georgia, and of course to the insurrection on Capitol Hill, but particularly in Georgia. This is something we haven't seen. What do you envisage when you think about the way forward for American democracy, which finds itself sucked into this incredible situation? A chaotic situation, really. And and there is, I think, quite a lot of danger in that chaos. I don't have to hand, Eamon, the court date that has been projected in the New York 
case when Trump will have the, the next court appearance. But it is sometime in the middle of the Republican primary season. Yes. So assuming things go as scheduled, you could be having this extraordinary split screen of Trump potentially winning the early primaries. He'll certainly be a serious contender in the early primaries if he stays in the race, while at the same time being brought up on court on criminal charges. We don't have that detailed time yet on the Mar-a-Lago case, but it will clearly be somewhat similar. So how that impacts America, I think, is going to be a very volatile question. Clearly, Trump, I mean, Trump has already started within the past 24 hours with his usual blast suggesting this is a witch hunt and that it's an attempt by Biden to hobble him for political purposes. Um, I don't think there is evidence to bear that out, but a large number of Trump supporters will be. I think our Kevin Mm. McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, has been out siding with Trump, it seems. Yes, that's right, calling it a dark day uh, that the, that Trump would be indicted for such a thing. So, the, I mean, I, I suppose I'm answering your question in a rather long-winded way. It's a fa- further hollowing out of belief in uh, American democracy, the yes. American legal system, and the fairness of those systems. And when trust in those systems breaks down, then you're in a very perilous uh, scenario. Okay, Niall, um, we're very grateful to you for joining us from Washington. Niall Stanage is Associate Editor of The Hill, one of the most respected publications in America at the moment. And, of course, he's a White House uh, columnist for The Hill. We're grateful to Niall, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.